0: So I came across some stats. You know how much I love comedy and stats. (laughs) I I was thinking I should, I have all these great ideas for projects, but I don't have the, the time to do the research to make the project successful. Do a comedy show based almost exclusively on statistics. So you take statistics and then you make jokes about statistics and use statistics jokes to make more comedy. Statistically, that would be humorous. I don't know. I don't, I don't, don't, again, I, I, I will see, I'll see a statistic. I'll think of some funny things. And then I'm like, oh, you could extrapolate that into an entire show. You could, if you had a research team. I've had lots of ideas like that where the problem, the success would have relied on having a team in place that could actually do the thing. That's not what we're talking about today. Well, we are talking about some statistics and it comes down to red versus blue in America, which is dominant in the news because it is fascinating how they will sacrifice their own self-interests hurting themselves to prove a political point. And I I think that might be, it's more true on the red side than the blue side. I of course have a significant bias. Uh, I'm not going to pretend I don't, I am a very liberal person from a very liberal country living in another very socialist-oriented country. So I, I'm Canadian. I'm a liberal Canadian, which is essentially a communist, socialist bastard. Uh, I live in Japan, which is a very social, socially-oriented country. A lot of the programs, you pay high taxes, all that other stuff. And I've reaped the benefits that's probably what has kept me as socialist. same. Also, I'm relatively poor. I mean, I'm not, I don't know, what am I? I'm not poor. I, I don't even think I'm middle class. I'm maybe lower middle class. Anyways, I am a target voting demographic in most countries, except Japan, which doesn't want foreigners to vote. Uh, if you watched Ninja News Japan the other day, I was actually talking about how there was a town and they said, we're not going to give foreign residents voting rights, but we're going to call them citizens. 96% of the people in the town were like, fuck that. We don't want to call people who aren't Japanese citizens. That's just ridiculous. So, I mean, there's, there's a lot of things that need to be improved in all countries. I don't want to even claim the things that I believe or the places I like are perfect. But we are talking about America, which is deeply, deeply flawed. Um... And the politics is making it worse because the politics have now become message is more important than the reality of people's lives. And what am I talking about? It has a lot to do with being anti-vax. And anti-vaccination, I don't believe you should be forced to take a vaccine. I don't think you should be forced to take anything that you don't agree with. But, And there's always going to be a but. If you refuse to take the vaccine for anything and you catch that thing, the state should not then be burdened by your illness, which is where the problems arise. So vaccines, inoculations, all these things, they are done for the greater good. And that seems to be, again, the individualistic nature of politics in America. I think I've talked about this before but you have, uh, the, the theory in America is individual rights. The problem with individual rights is they cannot exist in a world with more than one person. So if I have my individual rights are the most important thing, and then you've been taught that your individual rights are the most important thing, if we fall into the same realm of existence, we cannot agree. Because how can my rights be the most important thing and your rights be the most important thing? Therefore, one of us must be wrong if we disagree. There can't be any middle ground and there can't be any compromise. I think this might be the major flaw in American politics in modern times. That said, should you be forced to take a medicine that you don't agree with? No, but then I don't think you should receive help if you get sick. This is something, I think it was Sweden tried to do this during the pandemic. They were like, you don't have to get the vaccine. But if you don't get the vaccine and you catch COVID, you don't get to go to a hospital. So essentially you die. And I was like, I I kind of agree with that philosophically. But the reality of letting people die, I don't think I agree with that. So this is the problem. This is what I'm saying. There's a philosophical level you think on. And then there's the reality of humans suffering in front of you. So where do you draw the line? Philosophically, I think if you don't take the vaccine and you catch the disease, you should just suffer. Honestly, I believe that philosophically. If you said this person who did not take the vaccine is sick, should we give them medicine? My inherent instinct would be, Yes, let's give them medicine. Let's give them all the medical care we can and try to save their life. So that's that's sort of the first set of issues I run into, that there's a philosophical realm that I believe in. But then there's also reality, which requires me to care for other people. So... That's when you get into, well, since we're going to have to take care of them medically in real life, we should force them to take the vaccine. And you can see that, to me, is where the divide becomes difficult. The anti-vax movement has been going on in America for quite a while now. Uh, and I think, to me, this is one of those forms of rebellion where, like uh, again, Americans seem to want to be rebellious, but that rebellion... The foundation of that rebellion. Rebellion, I think, inherently means you have to do something. And, I, and and so like something like anti-vax, what you're actually doing is nothing. And then saying that me doing this nothing is a no. <laughs> Sorry, my, my dog is just coughing right next to the microphone. I don't, I'm assuming it's picking it up. I'm going to wait till that's finished. Okay, he's laid down again. <laughs> that that threw me off um uh ah, so the anti-vax movement is a group of individuals who want to be rebellious they want to be noble they want to have a cause but they don't want to actually do anything so this is like the laziest form of social resistance is where i'm gonna not do the thing and then tell everyone I'm being super noble by not doing the thing, aren't I great? You should all not do the thing with me. We should actually all do nothing, and then everything will get better. Now, I fundamentally disagree with that, but again, we're talking about the philosophical realm. I do enjoy statistics because they pull the philosophical into the reality, which is kind of what I actually wanted to talk about. Republicans, did very much push the anti-vaccination message, ironically, because it was under Donald Trump's introduction and fast-forwarding of the vaccine being produced. So Donald Trump could take credit for pushing through the vaccine, getting it done, getting it made, getting it out there. But then his party was turning around and saying, don't take the vaccine. So that's, that's again, you can see philosophically, problematically, they're saying, like, let's be anti-establishment, wherein the problem is at the moment we are the establishment how do we do that uh well we want everyone to not take this medicine that we put extra effort into getting it done getting that medicine made so i i did enjoy that again it's sort of like an irony in the american political system so republicans pushed sort of an anti-vax regime ideology uh and the interesting thing for me, and immediately was like, this puts the people who vote Republican at greater risk of catching the disease and therefore at greater risk of dying from, necess- from sort of the complications of the disease. So if your political voters are not being vaccinated, and the disease is real, so I'm going to go ahead and assume the disease is real. I've had a couple of people come at me and say that, Covid's not a thing. It's just a flu and some other stuff. I've had that argument multiple times. Sorry, I just I can't I can't deal with both of those at the same time. Um, if Covid is just the flu, and it's a more communicable flu that it kills you, the fact that it's not called the flu and is called Covid does not matter. I mean, nomenclature in this case is not the important issue we should be looking at. It's whether or not it's killing people. And it was killing people. The number of people at risk increased if you were politically Republican leaning because you're more likely to not get the vaccine. That, I think, is a statement if COVID is real. Now, this actually goes into another secondary set of issues that in America healthcare costs because healthcare is not socialized. If you catch COVID... You're more likely to catch COVID if you're Republican. If you catch COVID, you then have to pay into the privatized healthcare system, which is very much broken in America. I mean, the most common stories you read on the internet are about people going completely bankrupt all the time because their insurance won't pay out. Their healthcare isn't there. They won't take them to the hospital unless they're in their provider, which I don't even know what that really means my assumption is you have a company you deal with insurance wise and only certain hospitals will take you. If you have that insurance and whatnot, I've never lived in a country that did that. If I get sick, I go to the closest hospital. Uh, and that's pretty much it. I mean, in Canada, that's the way it worked in Japan. That's the way it worked or they take you to, there have been some pretty horrible stories about, um, hospitals being closed because of the hours and stuff in Japan. Again, separate issue. If you'd like to hear more about that, you can drop me a message and I'll I'll look into a whole bunch of stories and put them together and do a special CMCB on that. But Yale, which is a university in America, did a study. And it was focused primarily on Ohio and Florida. And they were focusing primarily on counties with lower vaccination rates. And these counties were primarily Republican. So Ohio and Florida, Republican states, and they were saying, let's find the Republican counties within those states and we'll study vaccination, uh, COVID, transmission, and deaths. So they ended up with 538,159 people they were kind of studying. In the first year of the pandemic, if you were Republican or Democrat, you had a similar death rate. So in the first year of the pandemic, we did not have a vaccine. Everyone was in sort of the same risk category. Uh, They were saying, wear masks, don't wear masks. I mean, this actually in a weird way proves that if you're a Democrat and you're following all the rules and you're wearing masks and stuff, it didn't really work. If we're being honest, I still would wear a mask because uh, the number of flu cases did drop. So you say like, well, it doesn't work for COVID. Well, if it works for every other disease, it might still be worth doing. But that's a separate issue. That's not what they're talking about. But maybe the Republicans were wearing masks because the companies told them to. Maybe not. Maybe no one was wearing a mask properly because we didn't know about masks. We didn't, certainly didn't know about good masks and how masks should fit in stuff. Uh, there was a very big conversation in Japan about like you get the, the medical masks. Should the um, sort of... Oh, what do you call it? Not, it's not a string. The elastic that connects the mask to the wraps around your ears. Should that, the, the connection point be on the outside or the inside of the mask, because you want to create a seal around your mouth. Um, that was a, a whole conversation that went on during the first year of the pandemic, because people didn't know the right system or the right where, way. Uh, there were double masks and all this other stuff, but the first year of the pandemic, the death rate was relatively similar, regardless of political lines. One month After the vaccine became available, this is a quote, excess mortality was significantly higher for Republican voters, like up to 43%. So what they're saying in that first month, most likely Democrats were getting the vaccine, Republicans were not getting the vaccine, and the death rate either decreased in Democrats or increased in Republicans. Um, They didn't actually look at what was killing people. So maybe for that month after the vaccine was introduced, Republicans were jumping in front of trains at an exorbitant rate, something like that. We don't know specifically. But we can say there's some causation, some correlation between people getting vaccinated and people not dying during that initial first few months. Another study, June 2021 to March 2022, uh, found 234 1,000 deaths could have been prevented if people had been vaccinated. So they're saying these vaccines, the people who got them, they were not dying, people who didn't get them in the same situation, 234,000 people died when they didn't necessarily have to die. People from pro-Donald Trump counties were three times more likely to die. Again, not specifically saying from COVID, So you want to say COVID's not real, that's true. But there was a trend that after the vaccine was introduced, Republicans, pro-Trump Republicans specifically, were dying at a higher rate than non-pro-Trump Republicans and Democrats. So if you can come up with another explanation for that, I would love to hear it. It would be very interesting to hear someone's other point of view on what was killing all these pro-Trump Republicans during this period. In some places in Florida, some small counties, the death numbers are so high, they actually outweighed the number of votes you would need to win. So you have 48% Democrats in this county. You have 52% Republicans. 5% of the Republicans in that county died because of something during this period when vaccines were available, which meant the next election that comes up that county would then flip from red to blue. And that to me is the core issue. And it's not even a core issue of, again, the philosophical realm of should we morally make people do things they don't agree with and things like that. It is more a case of if I'm a politician, I want people to vote for me. And if I want people to vote for me, those people have to stay alive so it's actually in my best interest as a politician to provide my voters, let's say we're going to be really awful about it and only do this for my voters. If you vote for me, you get better healthcare. If you vote for me, you get the vaccine. If you vote for me, you get all these things that will keep you alive so that you can keep voting for me in the future. That, to me, is the philosophical divide between the reality of what is happening with the way this group is thinking and the reality of how it's going to play out. If you're thinking, do never get a vaccine, never do these things to take care of yourself, never, uh, increase the quality of healthcare. Cause Trump's, one of his first platforms was going to come out with a new healthcare system that was going to replace Obamacare and it was going to be better. And that never manifested. That never happened. Uh, he said, you're going to be able to choose your doctor. There's going to be a better, better deal. I don't, again, there were no specifics. Technically speaking, he says he has that plan in place. He says that plan is possible. So if that is the truth, Donald Trump could still, in this moment, reveal that plan to everyone else and they could vote it in. He could say, here's my plan. It's the greatest plan that was ever made. Let's put it out there in the public. He'll still get credit for it. Um, maybe he's Biden's president. And then it will actually make Biden look really stupid. Why didn't you come up with this brilliant plan? He's working on his platform for the next election. Uh, here's the healthcare plan. I'm going to put it into place, but let me give you all the plan. The biggest problem with him is he never gave any details of any plan he ever came up with. So it always came down to this dude is just making shit up. Hi, man. yeah. I want to conclude in a not wholly negative way, but the whole anti-vax movement in this case, and these numbers don't lie. It has nothing to do, again, with the philosophical differences. Like, I actually believe if you don't want to get the vaccine, you shouldn't have to get the vaccine. But let's make real clear. The vaccine came out and people just who took it, they were dying less than the people who weren't. And the anti-vax stance of the rebellious nature of, I just want to be... Counterculture. Enough of those people were dying that that philosophy was proving itself to be faulty from the beginning. I don't, this is a huge downer to end on. What a shitty story. (laughs) I was interested in the numbers. I gotta, I've said this many, many times, I gotta work on my conclusions before I start. Because I don't script. I write notes so that I get my facts right. I don't script. I think I got to start scripting an ending or at least have an ending point. Jesus Christ, what a downer. I don't know how I end. How do I end? This is it. I talk about stats and people dying. This is the problem. So in Ninja News Japan, I have adopted a philosophy of, I don't talk about people dying. Now I get pretty gross stories in there. I actually do that less than I used to. Uh, but because you can't end in any sort of positive way and I don't want the endings of, this is like an album. You make an album. You don't want the last song to be a downer. You want the, the last song to be a great mm-hmm, up note so that you are willing to play the album again. So you put all your sad songs in the middle. I don't know if that actually happens, but it was a philosophy I'd heard about. I need to adopt something similar for the podcast. I don't want to end on a downer. I don't want people to walk away going, man, I listened to Chuck chess this morning and God damn, do I feel bad for the rest of the day? I guess this is all this whole story was about, um oops, all downers, all the way down. That's the problem, but I do talk about just shit all the time. Like I can just ramble like I am right now. All I need to do is have Dave in my lap, scratch his dumb face, and just keep talking. And there's the positive note: uh, regardless of your political leanings, you can get a stupid little poodle, stick him in your lap. And scratch his dumb face. Can we get Dave in there? This is the problem. So I had the mic, I had the mic up here, um, and it was a really good position, but it seemed to echo. And so I had the mic down here and because it's, it's a front-facing mic, because it was below my mouth, if I, depending on where my head was, it was picking up different levels. So now I've put the mic down and angled it so that it's aiming sort of at my face. I'm hoping, this is the first time I've done it, so I'm hoping that sounds better. Um, moving stuff around my room, I seem to have managed to create a small echo which I think most people wouldn't notice, but when you edit your own podcast, you hear all this stuff. What I really want to do though is get down to Dave Cam. Let me check that out. Yeah, That's actually a pretty good angle because I worry about my hairline because it's so bad. Uh, I, I do think the mic and the nerd stuff in the corner is more interesting than my face. People were always like, oh, you got to do video for the podcast. You got to put it on YouTube. I never wanted to do that because I never really wanted to put my face on camera. But if I could get just Dave can, if I did it from this angle, actually, that, <laughs> I think that looks pretty good. You get my mouth moving. So there is motion in the image. You get the dog. I think the tech setup, the mic and the, and the pop filter and stuff, I like the way that looks, but that's maybe just because I'm into this stuff. This might be my next if, if Dave's on my lap, this might be my setup. I might do that. I can just my beard's now big enough, I can actually run my fingers through it. Ooh, so sexual. <laughs> arr, arr, arr. I was gonna do a bit on the alien reveal, but all I have to say is that uh I don't think anyone gives a shit because it's not going to impact our lives. Because the fact that aliens are real statistically is not a surprise the problem is everyone's life is so shitty right now how does aliens being real help make us better so this is what i was doing before when you would comment i would actually just
1: all i'm saying is if aliens are real and they've crashed into earth man they are shit pilots despite their ftl travel
0: See, so this is this was my thinking for when I do Ninja News Japan and when I do is I put the, the voice on in the background because I can then just – it's in a browser. I can just turn it off. But then you comment. I can actually respond to you like we're having a conversation. I know there's still like the four-second delay. I've turned the delay down as, as low as possible, but um, it could, it'll make it more – because what I was doing before is you would write a comment and I would read it and there would be a pause in the podcast – the pause was long enough I could then drop that uh, voice chat. Like I could actually just do it through a, a online thing. And I did that the last couple of episodes. And I actually really liked it because it meant, you know, you would say something, I could respond to it, but it sounded more natural because I didn't have to read it out. Because often I'll read it and not realize I haven't said it out loud. But, I mean, aliens being real is not a big surprise to me. Aliens coming to Earth is more of a surprise, but they didn't actually say aliens came to Earth. They they, they were very specific in their um, language. It was, does it contain alien biologics? I'm going to look into this a little more, maybe do it next week, because I didn't have anything planned for next week. Uh, but alien biologics, I mean, or it said non-human biologics. I have a non-human biologic in my lap right now. So it doesn't actually mean it was an alien biologic you know, green-headed little dude who came down to talk to us.
1: I concur. It's statistically unlikely that no No aliens aliens. exist.
0: I think factually speaking, they've already found on Europa, the moon that goes around, I think it's Jupiter. uh, Under the ice, there's amoeba. So, I mean, I know that's not exciting alien life, but it is alien life. Um, I did a whole episode on that on one of the old, old podcasts. And it wasn't that aliens don't exist. It was why aliens wouldn't bother coming to earth (laughs) because you wouldn't come to a place. You wouldn't come to earth. You would, you would, um, you'd send a probe. And so that's it. These alien spacecraft that they've caught. I don't think there's alien aliens in it. I think it's probably just like a satellite or a probe. And one of those crashing actually makes perfect sense because it got too close to the atmosphere. There's a lot of shit going on and it crashed. That makes sense to me.
1: So the guy, guy says, says they've they recovered crashed crash ships, ships and, sometimes and sometimes in a crash crack? you find pilots.
0: But yeah, they, they recovered crashed ships. Again, ships is unspecific as to what they're talking about. And again, they said biologics. They wouldn't actually say pilot or anything. Uh, then the only question that was interesting is, have, has the U.S. government... Right? They, always they
1: always crash, crash while landing, over. and not well, while well, doing their and FTL and smacking and right, right into right the in. earth. <laughs>
0: Well, that you've made an interesting assumption that they're using an FTL that we understand it because we're bound by our ideas in science fiction. Their understanding of physics may be different, first of all. But a very interesting concept that most people don't think about that I hadn't thought about until I have a friend that I talked to who studied physics. He has a master's in physics. and He was saying the vastness of the universe is so great that there is the possibility that if you get further far enough away from Earth, the rules of physics change. And that, I was like, that blew my mind because basically he's saying, if you get far enough away, maybe gravity doesn't work the way we think it works. If you get far enough away and there's enough black holes, Time just doesn't work the way we understand it. So our complete understanding of physics and reality and time and everything is based on our area of space. But space being essentially infinite means that within space, there is the possibility that everything is different. And so these guys, having existed in a different uh, place with different rules of physics means that their version of travel may be completely different whereas they just you know it's heart powered so they're like care bears and then they they use the care bear countdown and then they're on earth like that's it so there's no ftl there's no machine involved it has to do with passion and the more passionate you are the more distance you can cover the problem is when they get here maybe the care bear countdown doesn't work on the way back so, because again, the rules of physics here and the rules of physics there, don't, they don't match up. And that is something, like, because I just assumed as a kid, as a high school student, university student, that physics was a thing, it was a rule, and it, it just, everything would follow those rules. I hadn't taken into account that just the simple fact of distance, great enough distance, meant the rules could possibly change over space. And that was something I really, really enjoyed.
1: The The math behind warp warp drives is feasible. They could be 4th dimensional, which would also also fix fix the problem, problem. but we'd really really struggle struggle to perceive them coherently. Yes,
0: I cannot argue with that. I mean, I know I like the... uh, the, Because I follow all the science fiction shows, and so they all have their own theories on how faster-than-light travel works. Um, Star Trek, basically, they encompass the ship in a bubble and then they fold space around it and then they did the discovery show and they had a whole different system where they uh did like these wormholes that they essentially created on the fly and they, they just moved through those um, star wars you basically bounce off suns so that's why you get those that's why they have to do they they, they actually do a lot of like we can't fly until we do calculations. Cause basically we're going to slingshot around different gravities throughout space. And then as the slingshots go, it'll get faster and faster and faster, which is pretty cool. And that's why the Kessel run for the millennium Falcon. So it's uh whatever it was 12 parsecs and parsecs is not the, the classic nerd thing is this not a measurement of time. It's a measurement of space, but uh, the Kessel run is a race around a black hole. And so, The person who gets closest to the black hole is going to use actually the least amount of distance, but then also be able to win the the race faster. So the Millennium Falcon got closest to the black hole in 12 parsecs and survived and pulled out because the problem is if you get too close to the black hole, you get pulled in, destroys your ship, you don't win the race. So you have to, you have to find that line where your ship could survive the distance to and from the black hole and still win the race, which I really enjoy. Uh, so that was one of those things where it was a nerd thing where it was like, it's not speed, it's time, me, me, or, or distance. And then I was like, yeah, but why is it distance? And it turns out because it's a race around a black hole. So the closer you get, the less you have to, you know, distance you have to travel, but also the riskier it becomes. And Han Solo being Han Solo in the Millennium Falcon, dude's taking some bitch-ass risks. Podcast.
1: Imagine how slow that feels. Oh god,
0: idea. I don't know how anything would feel in space. Space has been a, a big fantasy for me.
1: Close to a black well
0: they they did oh, look at look at Dave's face. I'm sorry. We're going to stop talking about space and just look at Dave's Dave's little tongue's out.